0: Now, this week in sport history. February 14th, 1990, Michael Jordan wears number 12 in a game in Orlando after his jersey was stolen from the Bulls locker room before the game. The Bulls didn't have a backup 23 jersey and apparently even resorted to checking in the crowd for fans wearing a 20, <laughs> wearing a 23 jersey that was oh, big enough. So good. But to no avail. Jordan was still superb, dropping 49 points, 7 rebounds and 0 turnovers, but ultimately Orlando, who we must remember are in their first NBA season ever, and a 15-32 and coming into the game, had 34 points and 11 rebounds from Terry Catledge, as well as 28 points and 8 assists from Reggie Theus, and 16 points and 19 rebounds from Sidney Green, both of whom played for the Bulls in the 1980s. The game went into overtime, and the Magic came out on top, 135-129. to The story on this one is interesting, though, because the Bulls' locker room was locked in three different ways, so the only way to get in seemed to have been to have a key. However, apparently, a security guard hatched a plan to come into the locker room through a tile in the ceiling, leave the jersey there for a few days, come back and collect it. Ah. But the jersey was supposedly found before he could get back. Ah.
1: Do you know what I learned recently? In the NBL, the spare jersey for when people get blood on it or whatever is number 97. Hmm. And Jared Weeks took yeah, that what? in his very first game because he was kind of like an injury replacement, kind of or like a development player or whatever. Huh. And he's worn it ever since. And he's the first guy that wears the number ninety-seven in the NBL to like two hundred games recently, or yeah. one hundred and fifty or something.
0: So what? A big if, number. What happens if someone on his team get oh, on? Uh, well,
1: yeah, yeah that's yeah.
0: Just quickly, I should also clarify when I said before that uh, that both players played for the Bulls. That was just Reggie Fierce and Sydney Green, not including obviously Terry Catledge.
1: February 16th, 1953, Los Angeles State's John Barber sets a record for the most points scored in a college game with 188 points against Chapman Community College. Barber was a sensational player, but Rio Grande's Clarence Bebo Francis had been getting all the attention as the Superman of the courts. Francis had dropped 116 against Ashland Junior College overshadowing the 103 that Barber had scored against the LA Community College that same season. So Barber's coach, Sax Elliott, came up with an experiment to show that Francis was the king of kings, certain that Francis was a fraud, because of the terrible calibre of teams that he'd played against in most of his games. Elliott decided to have Barber literally stand under the opposition basket to do nothing but score. By halftime, he'd already had 100 points, (laughs) don't ask me why no one was defending him, and he broke the previous record halfway through the second half. Spoiler, this one will actually come up again in next week's This Week in Sport, scoring another 88 in the second half to finish on 188, as I mentioned. Not long after this, the feats of Barbara and Francis, who have both had multiple 100-point games that season, saw the introduction of the anti-Bevo legislation, which stated that games would only count as collegiate contests if both teams were four-year degree-granting colleges, and so all of their records were dropped, before recently being reintroduced with an asterisk next to each and every one
0: fascinating isn't it
1: it is because i remember that crazy game that kid had what maybe 10 odd years ago when he was just knocking down yeah
0: 135 yeah 27 threes in that game. Oh, incredible february 18th 1986 san antonio spurs guard alvin robertson completes just the second quadruple double in the history of the nba with 20 points 11 rebounds 10 assists and 10 steals in a 120 to 114 win over the phoenix suns Now, what makes this one particularly interesting, aside from the fact that there are only five confirmed quadruple doubles accredited to four players, Robertson's is the only one to be done with steals, with Nate Thurman, Hakeem Olajuwon and David Robinson all using blocks for theirs. Now, we've spoken about this one before, I'm sure, but obviously with blocks not being recognized during Bill Russell and Wilt Chamberlain's careers, it's pretty obvious that they would likely have had at least one or two between them. Oh, yeah. But it's been documented that Wilt had at least two during the 1967 playoffs alone and another in the 1970 Western Conference semifinals, or the Western Division, as it was known back then. In the 1968 regular season, Wilt had a 22-point, 25-rebound, 21-assist, 12-block game (laughs) after somebody went back and watched the footage. It's also been recorded that in 1961, facing Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell actually recorded 15 points, 25 rebounds, 13 blocks, and 15 steals. Wow. So, he would have set an NBA record for steals in that game and missed out on the assists as he had five. So, some crazy, crazy stat lines out well, there.
1: Well, you wonder if there's a quintuple double out there somewhere. Well,
0: I mean, Wilt Chamberlain re- reportedly had one. <laughs> He'd but be the one, yeah. That, yeah. Now, there have been a ton of other close calls. The closest belonging to Clyde Drexler, who missed out by one rebound in 1986 and then by one assist in 1996, and Hakeem Olajuwon, who missed out on having three quadruple doubles by just one assist in 1990. Mm. Three different occasions.
1: Yeah, wow. Insane. I forgot about that. Mm. Drexel won in 96.
0: Yeah, and there's also been... Well, that was opening night, funnily enough. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah. There was also, the, obviously, the Tim Duncan one in the finals against New Jersey, where he was only accredited with eight blocks when people went back and said, I'm pretty sure he had
1: 10. One of the great closeout games of all time. Oh, the greatest. Yeah.
0: Then you also had some random ones. Mookie Blaylock missed out by two rebounds in 1998. Ron Artest was one rebound, one assist, and two steals shy in 2002. Andre Kirilenko missed out by two assists and two blocks in 2006. And Ricky Rubio was one point and two steals away in 2015.
1: February 18th, 2014, New Zealand batter Brendan McCullum is dismissed for 302. On the last day, of the first test against India at the Basin in Wellington as part of a record total for the Kiwis, eight declared for 680. The Indian side led by 246 going into the second innings after 98 from Shikhar Dhawan and 118 from Ajinka Rahane. And before long, the Kiwis were wobbling massively at five for 94. But McCullum and BJ Watling put on a six-wicket partnership of 352 followed by a 179-run stand between McCullum and Jimmy Neesham who was on debut at the time and finished 137 not out of 154 balls. New Zealand set India a target of 435, but at 3 for 166, India ran out of time and the match was drawn. What makes this even more impressive is that it's just the second time a batter had scored a triple century in the second innings of a test. The other being Pakistan's Hanif Muhammad in the first test against the Windies in Bridgetown, Barbados. That match followed a very similar path to this one, funnily enough, except Pakistan trailed by 473 after the Windies made nine declared for 579 before skittling Pakistan for just 106. After being forced to follow on, the Pakistanis declared for eight for 657 with Muhammad making 337.
0: A couple of birthdays this week, both the 15th of February, happy 66th birthday to Desmond Haynes and happy 58th birthday to Mark Price. Why these two? Well, Haynes has always been a guy that I'm annoyed I never really got to see much of live didn't follow cricket until after he retired, so I kind of wish I'd been able to watch him a bit more. And Mark Price was a guy I respected so much as an undersized baller growing up. He had a deadly stroke. He got his shot up over bigger guys, and he was so unlucky to play in an era with Jordan's Bulls, Isaiah's Pistons, Bird's Celtics, and Ewing's Knicks.
1: Not only that, one of the great free throw shooters of all time and has that Aussie connection as well, which we'll get to in a sec.
0: Mm -hmm. So firstly, Desmond Haynes. He kind of burst onto the scene with a 148 against Australia in an ODI at Antigua on debut. His unbelievable timing of a cricket ball put him above so many others out there. Played 116 tests for the West Indies, 7,487 runs at an average of over 42, good for seventh all-time on the Windies run scoring list. And he had a high score of 184 against England at Lords in 1980. 238 ODIs, 8,648 runs at over 41, good for fourth all-time with the Windies. To this day, only he and Dennis Amis of England have scored an ODI century on debut and in their last match and only he and Dean Elgar of South Africa have carried their bat in tests three times. Also just the fourth player ever to be out handled ball, funnily enough, mm-hmm. one day after I was born, playing against India in Mumbai. Did you know, though, Haynes actually opened the batting in the 1983 Benson and Hedges Cup for Scotland. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: He made 21 and Scotland were hammered by Worcestershire. It's, yeah, one of the, the more random little cameos I've ever seen. Yeah. But... All up, an amazing career and very rightly a 2021 ICC Cricket Hall of Fame inductee.
1: So happy birthday also to Mark Price. He had a really good collegiate career at Georgia Tech, but coming out of college, Scouts said he was too short, too slow and too deliberate for the NBA game. He was drafted by the Dallas Mavericks with pick number 25 in the 1986 draft, the second round back then, but Dallas traded him for a 1989 second round pick, which ended up being a guy named Jeff Hodge, who never played a single game in the league. Price, on the other hand, was a four-time All-Star, made the 1993 All-NBA First Team and a trio of All-NBA Third Teams, as well as being a part of the gold-winning US team at the 1994 FIBA World Championships as a part of the Dream Team Number 2. Yes. He's one of only eight guys with a 50-40-90 season and won the three-point competition at All-Star Weekend twice. Unfortunately, injuries derailed the end of his career as he had underwhelming stints in Washington, Golden State, and then finally Orlando. He went on to coach at a slew of different places, including stints as an assistant coach of five different NBA teams and a 30-42 and 42 record coaching the Charlotte 49ers in the G League. Aussies will probably remember him coaching the South Dragons in 2006. They scraped into the playoffs with a 15-18 record and lost to Cairns in an elimination game, but a great career from a guy who everyone said wouldn't make it. Well done and happy birthday to Desi Haynes and Mark Price.
0: Happy birthday. This Week in Sport History Thanks for listening to this Sport Blokes segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sportblokes.